poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson, and we're back. It's Friday, so we got Philosophical Friday rolling out. Duncan, how was your 4th of July? Good, good, good. Welcome back, sir. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's good to be back. Um, the, the break was well-needed, feeling refreshed, energized all the things. Uh, so yeah, since, since we have all this extra energy this week, tell us yeah. what are we, what are we going to dive into? What, what's the topic? Uh, we're going to talk about a topic, which I think is uh, long overdue uh, because it uh, talks about poker influencers. And uh, perhaps we're going to talk a little bit about cryptocurrency, which is, uh, I don't know why, but it goes side, side by side with, with poker somehow. People are very interested in that topic, you know, like I, my, I, I actually think I know exactly where it came from. I think mm-hmm. that Bitcoin, um, the utility for using Bitcoin and online poker was very, very high compared to other industries. And so mm-hmm. poker players just naturally, uh, you know, touched it um, a lot sooner than other people. So, so I think that's why like crypto and poker run side by side just because of, you know, the events of Black Friday mm-hmm. and then the utility of Bitcoin as it relates to like cashing in and cashing out on online poker sites just meant that, you know, poker players just, uh, it was on their radar before most other people. Absolutely. And, and to your point, uh, as someone that has suffered tremendously with having problems cashing out, uh, all of the time, uh, I was one of the people who very early on saw the utility in in, in Bitcoin. Now, I have to <laughs> make a disclaimer here. I see the utility in Bitcoin. I don't necessarily see any value as an investment vehicle. These are two different things. Something can have a utility, but something also may need to have uh, uh, what I would call intrinsic value. And on top of that, in order for something to be investable, need to be for me at least that's that's my own uh, uh, personal definitions that's the disclaimer that's my bias yeah we, we have to, to a, a, a this is a whole asset. nother <laughs> this is a whole nother philosophical friday absolutely all, all on its own but i, um, I want to mention that bias because as we're talking about poker influencers this is probably going to come out and you're both going to uh, realize my bias is that i do not consider and i want to repeat that i do not consider anything crypto based as investable it's extremely um, um, it can be extremely utilized. It's extremely useful. But for me, the only way that something is investable, if it itself can produce other things over time, right? Produce assets of its own. That's just, just my, my disclaimer so that people know where I'm coming from. So a lot of things I'm going to say, I'm going to be with that in mind. All so, right. okay. So let's start uh, with uh, some of, uh, you know, basic definitions, you know, how in, in the world of social media and the internet explosion, what do we consider to be poker influencers and what do we think is their role in today's environment? Um, I mean, an influencer, I, I think like it's going to depend on the scale of, but in general, it's someone who can influence other people with their opinion, right? I, I told you just um, briefly before we turned on the recording that I was influenced by people that I respect, Um mm-hmm to buy something that may help me sleep better at night, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they directly influenced me because I respect their opinion. So basically, um, it's a human being who you respect and you value how they view the world, you value their opinions, their thoughts. And with that, they're able to influence your behavior in some way um, when they promote some kind of thing that has added value to their lives. So basically they can just influence you um, pretty cut and dry. You're not supposed to use a definition in the, uh, <laughs> the, no, the, the word, word in the definition, right? But Right. No, no, you're basically saying it's, a, uh, it's an action reaction thing, right? They're causing an, uh, they're starting an action that will cause a reaction to you essentially. That's it's, what you're it's saying. It's an outsourcing, right? Yeah. It's like, 
you know, I could take the time to educate myself on something. However, because I respect and trust this human being, I'm outsourcing mm-hmm. that to them and just trusting that, that they know what they're talking about. Right. You, you're giving them, you're giving them that, that power. Sure. And, 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 and I would say that uh, this is actually very important that you mentioned that because when we're going to talk about, you know, morality and ethics and responsibilities towards the end, that's going to play an important role. So on the one hand, somebody may argue we have the influencers, but on the other hand, we have the influencees. So people who, you know, knowingly uh, accept that they're going to be influenced by uh, outside sources. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's already a point of responsibility, right? Sure. That we, we should come up later. So yeah, and imagine would, imagine the early '90s before GPS. You're right. lost. You stop at a gas station. You ask somebody for directions. You're outsourcing right. that right. to this person and trusting they know what they t- they're talking about right. when they provide you with you know the instructions of you know if you hit the pothole, then you've gone too far and turn uh, around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's, it's going to be an interesting situation if they're wrong, right? I mean, then sure. we can talk morality and we will talk morality because that's, uh, we love to do that. <laughs> so, so how has their role changed uh, with the expansion of the internet? Like, you know, how, how have influence, influencers changed? Uh, how their power has changed? How's the role of people who are listening to them has changed? Um, I would say the, the internet has really just given more people a vehicle to be influencers, right? They've, they've, there, there's spaces carved out where people can, you know, be an expert on a specific topic and then their audience listens and then the, they can outsource um, what they need to know about that topic to the, to the expert in question. So like the, the internet's just given people platforms, a lot of different people platforms, whether it's YouTube, podcast, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, just blogs, daily newsletters, there's just all kinds of, you know, micro and, and macro influencers across the board. Absolutely. And uh, that makes it so much easier, which means um, now people don't necessarily control the impact some of the things they say have, you know, like, for instance, uh, to to make a joke, but uh, but not really. Um, allegedly, the most popular tweet that has ever been made was by Elon Musk talking about putting cocaine back in coke you know so i mean it's i personally find that hilarious even though i'm not particularly necessarily a big fan of elon musk but you know this can be who knows i thought how you were going to say cocaine but now now i see <laughs> i'm not a, i'm not a super big fan okay. of elon musk cocaine cocaine though that's Co- a different story I'm a, I'm a huge fan <laughs> Brad, if you, you know very well i cannot handle coffee let alone anything stronger than that right so i'm already hyper as it is yeah. so let's let's just stay off hard drugs um Good point, though. And but the point is, uh, you know, a, a statement like that, depending on who you ask, depending on who's listening, and I don't want to, you know, you know, I'm very uh, open when it comes to things like that. I'm like, everything goes, but that can actually hurt a specific, you know, a, a young kid who misinterprets that. Who knows what, you know, like people thinking now that cocaine is cool and uh, because Elon Musk says it, who knows how it can be interpreted, right? So sure. the point is, people say stuff. And we have no idea, you know, how many people these things are going to reach, and it's, it becomes it becomes out of control. That is not to say that we should put a you know um, uh, we should put a barrier to their freedom of speech, or we should put a necessarily a filter to what they're saying. But at least we need to acknowledge that some some of these things can easily get out of control. I'm not saying it's an easily solvable problem. I would sure. actually say let them say more, so that at least they you know we can we can judge by ourselves. But that's a different story. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there, there's so many different uh, uh, media these days. And uh, um, can, can you can you can you give us like a few a few examples? Uh, I mean, newer, let's start with the, newer, the elephant in the room, right? What are some examples of modern influencer influencers? Things that influenced uh, in in the poker world. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, like Doug is the the big one. That's the elephant in the room, and. Um, the intended real topic of conversation, you know, but I think that, yeah, like the, it's. For the listener who may not know, right. Because I mean, not everybody's on Twitter, you know, like 24 seven, what was the, uh, the, um, the, the, Doug was the CoinFlex ambassador and CoinFlex mm-hmm. was, I believe it was an exchange, but they had a stable coin 
Um, and it guaranteed if you basically kept your Bitcoin with them, then you got, I, I believe it was like four or 9% um, API interest on said Bitcoin over the course of a year. In the same way that, you know, there's, there's been a lot of these that have tanked in the past month or so. Um, Celsius, Luna, Celsius, I believe is another one. Um, yeah. Luna, Luna, Luna crashed and burned. Um, which by the way, as an aside, these, uh, these platforms crashing, uh, watched a, it's a series on Netflix called the G word with Adam Conover about the government mm -hmm. and actually, um, the FDIC, which is the entity that minimizes the impact of banks failing because surprisingly, and I didn't really know this until I watched that episode, banks fail even today somewhat mm -hmm. regularly. Mm -hmm. when, it, when a bank name changes, that typically means that something happened. And the FDIC, basically, they're so streamlined at protecting the public these days that they can swoop in and right. you don't, you, your, name, your bank can change names and you have no idea. Your, your debit card works, your money's there, everything's safe and secure. Um, so I, I just want to state that for the record that like even banks today change uh, or even banks today fail, um, which was a big thing that happened, you know, during the Great Depression and why the FDIC is a thing anyway, was to protect the public from, you know, a bank just, you know, being over leveraged, there being a run and them just tanking and people's life savings being instantly destroyed. That's, that's why so many people after the Great Depression kept all their money in a mattress under their bed. Absolutely. Both the Great Depression and the Great Recession, right? Both the Great Depression of the 30s and the Great Recession of the 2008, right? I mean, th that was that was exactly right. Like people had, um, uh, if it wasn't for the banks to come in and bail, uh, sorry, if it wasn't for the government to come in and bail out banks, we would have been in, in, in an explosion of, of a financial situation. Nobody knows exactly uh, what 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 would have, would, would have happened. Sure. You're absolutely correct. And uh, they, uh, not only... Um, and not only they, uh, those liabilities that sometimes, you know, when you say banks change names, I mean, they have liabilities in general, you know, when, it, when a company goes bankrupt, um, basically, you say to the, um, to the lenders, sorry, you know, the best we can do, maybe we can make you shareholders of uh, the new company, if they merge from chapter 11, bankruptcy, and so on and so forth. But what happens sometimes, you basically say, sorry, you're not going to see your money back. But with banks, it's a little bit different because the, the banking system is so interconnected. If you say that, essentially what's going to be translated into is going to be that, you know, you and me and our bank accounts and, you know, like a, an it's average not safe. show, it's yeah. not safe. Exactly. They're not going to get the money. So the that's why the sometimes when you see FDIC insured for the first quarter of a million dollars or not half a million dollars, whatever it is, that's exactly what it means. That basically the government steps in and then take a, um, essentially moves the liability. I'm, I'm oversimplifying here, but the uh, the liability is being assumed by somebody else. Yeah. So that liability is not is not lost in limbo. And so, so I guess I wanted to go down that that avenue just because you know exchanges failing is not like a thing that doesn't happen. You know, a banking system and crypto fail. It's not a thing that. It, this happens in regular banks and in regular okay. world all the time. The difference is the FDIC doesn't protect crypto exchanges, you know, or stablecoin right. when, when they crash, right? There's no protection there for, um, you know, the, the people who invest their money with said platform. Correct. And let me say one more thing about this. By the way, for anybody who wants to learn more about those things and all the so-called stable stable coins there's no such thing as stable coins you know i, I stand by my words here you, you didn't hear it <laughs> you didn't hear it here first but uh, you heard it here from me so i'm going to say that again there's no such thing as stable coin but uh, if you want to learn more about that stuff there's a gentleman by the name of patrick boyle who explains these ideas very very nicely on youtube i uh, google his name you can, he's really funny too you can learn a lot of things but one of the things about specifically about the idea of stable coin a lot of people thought um that you know keeping your money on stablecoin for those of you who know nothing about crypto is essentially an idea that uh, you tie a cryptocurrency to an actual fiat currency uh two things number one um if it sounds too good to be true it probably is and when somebody something promises you to give you like four to nine percent or whatever it is that they promised you give you um per year there's a reason for that it means there's inherent risk nothing gives money unless there's risk inside number two what is that risk Part of the idea of why the stablecoin is stablecoin is because essentially um, 
all of that in quotes, uh, is because people thought that, you know, we can create a system where we will give an incentive for people to actually create something which is akin to arbitrage. In other words, if the coin, uh, the actual coin, the crypto coin loses its value, we will give them an incentive to buy more of that uh, and vice versa, if it gets too expensive to buy less of that so that it can give it in one-to-one -one correspondence with the actual fiat currency. But the problem is, anytime you deal with supply and demand and anytime you deal with, you know, I need somebody to buy in order for this or I need somebody to sell in order for this to maintain a certain fixed value, you have the so-called thing, a spiral of death where this thing can grow out of control. Nobody has endless purchasing power. So when things get at insane ratios, when one or the other crashes, it's impossible for that to uh, be at one-to-one -one correspondence. So when you don't have collateral behind it, this can happen. We saw that happening with Terra. Um, you know, we saw that. I mean, I, I, I don't keep track of those things because just to me, like I said, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, there's no need to, to hold stable coin unless you need it for your day to day. Uh, so, you know, I, I personally, you know, like it's, I, I've mentioned that multiple times, but yeah, well, this is something to keep in mind. There's no such thing as a stable anything when it comes, especially something that gives you 9% return a year. Yeah. Um, and another thing too, for Bitcoin neophytes out there, like if you don't own your keys, then you don't own the Bitcoin. And so Correct. whenever you do, um, you know, deposit Bitcoin or lend out Bitcoin to an exchange like this, whether it be Celsius or anything else. Correct. Um, that's not your Bitcoin. Correct. That's not Very yours good. anymore. And so Very it can disappear and there's nothing right. that you can do about it. Um, and this was, yeah, there was talk in Greatness Village about uh, Celsius and... And that happened, I believe, early on in what it was with MTG Mountain, I believe it was back in 2012 when that happened for the first time. It was an exchange that I forget the exact name. Mount Gox. Mountain, mountain something. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Mount in Gox. But yeah, basically, like if if you have your Bitcoin on Coinbase, you don't own your Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Your Bitcoin is owned by Coinbase. It is there, right? So if they get hacked for all of their Bitcoin. It is not yours. That's why you have, you know, cold storage wallets, um, and you you really have to protect yourself against these types of things because you're dealing with companies and businesses, and you know, it's just uh, yeah, thing, things can go south very 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 quickly. So anybody Correct. that's a neophyte thinking that like oh I just leave my money here on Coinbase, yeah, you are risking that money. That money is at risk and. In this space, crazy things happen all the time that you would imagine aren't going to happen. And so you have to be prepared for the worst. Absolutely. And these are questions, by the way, for, for neophytes or anybody else. This is sort of sort of like the consumer's responsibility. These are questions we need to ask as consumers before we even get involved, let alone invest sure. in anything like that. Right. I mean, this is this is very important. So sure. And uh, I mean, you know, before the FDIC, like you invest your money at the bank, well, and then the bank lends out the money, it's not really your money, right? Like, Correct. and if there's a run on the bank and the bank fails, well, you don't have any money, right? So, which is why people stuck it under their mattress. <laughs> um, That's right. That's so, right. And it, it, it's real. And actually, uh, speaking of, and it's nice that we, we're, we're talking about this because we need to give some perspective in the situation that happened in Greece too, recently. Uh, fairly recently, uh, when uh, the, the financial crisis, some of you may be aware, was on the news around 2010. But even later than that, uh, when there was a really huge crisis with uh, the government and not having uh, enough money to cover pensions and things like that, people uh, did a run in the bank. And actually, the governments did not allow people to withdraw more than a certain amount per day. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that you go to the bank and the bank tells you, and actually the, the amount for Americans is going to sound ridiculous. It was something like 400 euros, which translates around to today's money. I mean, about $500 a day limit. Can you imagine that going to your bank account and tells you, you cannot withdraw more than $500? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So nothing is, you know, as biggest, safe as, biggest, as it may seem. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest news story coming out of Greece since the first Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's there's my shot on Greece for the day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You, you're being too kind. I would have been much worse. I would have been much worse. Yeah. So um, now now there's Giannis. So you, yeah, yes, Giannis. That, that's yeah, that's, yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, so 
some other examples also, you know, we've seen a lot of people promoting um, promoting different coins. I mean, yeah, famously Phil Helmuth with his Latinum. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what ahead. Bitcoin Latinum is. Um, and I, I think, yeah, m maybe. So originally, I, I think the the scope of this was too about the responsibility of promoting just anything. We're getting like very crypto specific. So maybe like we'll just uh rein this into crypto only for now because i think there is um yeah it is on the table to talk about all the things that people can can promote outside of crypto Correct. just just to can be fair very quickly just to, to interrupt you there for just a second uh this thing has been has been there for a long time like if we go back to the full tilt era there was a lot of promotion and a lot of people that type of outsourcing happened there too right i mean sure. a lot of professionals were saying you know i play there too you go play there too and a lot of us you know our responsibility, I'm not taking any responsibility away from it, but like, you know, we, we some, in some sense, we, we trusted them, even though we shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's on us, but th that's human. Happened. It's humanity, yeah, sure. right? Sure, Humanities yeah, yeah. of influence, humanities influence each other, like all throughout the course of human history. It's just a thing that that happens. Um, that's actually a good segue. Is it inherently bad to promote anything? And if so, where do we draw the line? What do you think? No, it's not inherently bad. I think like that's, I see it a lot on like a lot of poker players love like shitting on, you know, shills or shitting on people that, that promote something. But I mean, the reality is like for someone like me, if I experience something in my life and it adds value and I'm educated on the, the, the business, the infrastructure, the people, all these things, then it, it would almost, it would almost be ridiculous for me to be like, no, I'm not going to promote anything. Even though I think this thing can add lots of value to your lives, listener. No, I'm not going to tell you about it. I mean, that, right. that just seems absurd to me. No, I agree. I mean, again, I mean, it would contradict my, you know, my thoughts on the, on the other topics, but I think people can say, honestly, I would take it one step further and I would say people can say whatever they want. At any I know. Point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I would take that, that's it. That's your, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. And my my personal philosophy is that i want to protect my audience that's the mm -hmm. most important well that that's the most important thing for my business right and for me um and support and so like burning your audience is just a really good way to not have an audience absolutely for very long and to lose that influence and trust that you've built up over time in the people that that listen to you Absolutely. But uh, just to be fair, what you're describing right now is e internal, right? I mean, you sure. say how it is you internal. deal, right? Yep. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm talking about is more external that applies sure. to, to, to everybody, right? right. And yep. I, you need to have an ethical code. I, I do too, right? I mean, when I'm saying that people can say anything is because I know I disagree with a lot of people. So if, you know, sure. if I, if I create the, the, you know, the ways that the world is going to, you know, create rules in this external discussion that we're having, however, I want to see the world to be, it will be very similar to how I am. And I don't want that. I want it to be fair, right? So I want other people who I disagree with to be able to express their opinions. But sure. that doesn't and mean that internally we shouldn't have an ethical code that actually allows us to say or not say something. And, and, and there is a natural mechanism in place that, you know, if you are Bernie Madoff, right? Like, right. obviously there's downside to what he did. Absolutely. Um, and there's consequences to, to doing such things, right? Which, so, which is also external, by the way, the consequences, because the problem is with somebody like Bernie Madoff, he's a psychopath and a psychopath is important. They cannot feel empathy. So there is no way we can convince somebody like Bernie Madoff to change because it, it's not in his brain chemistry. It, can, it cannot, like psychopaths sure. do not have the, the capabilities of being able yeah. to be nice to people. And that's okay. That's, that's how reality is. So we need some sort of like an external mechanisms. And, and that's why the, the outcry or, you know, like having a system in place that can actually fight back. And usually, uh, in, in my opinion, that's the outcry of the people. You know, the people should go and scream as, as, as far as they can, and they should protest, and they should, you know, take this guy for everything that he has, send him to jail, and he can die there for all I care. Which, yeah, uh, and, right. you know, the consequences for, for like Madoff is like his son killed himself, right? And people right. killed themselves, and like that, that, that was a very just – terrible, terrible thing right. that kind of all spawned from one person that just didn't care about anything really. Exactly. And he couldn't um, care. That's the, that's the yeah, point. That's he, the could, he couldn't care about anything. He couldn't care, right? Again, we talk about scarier. psychopathy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the psychopathy. I, I once had a student uh, that's one of the, who was uh, very intelligent. Uh, he was like a 17 year old uh, and super intelligent, a very, um, 
he was go-getter. He was like a, an overachiever and an excellent personality. He said, Duncan, one of my visions is so that we, at some point, we can, you know, unify the human race and we can find the good in all people. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, you are incredibly talented and incredibly naive. Uh, we cannot expect, even though this is an excellent, uh, this is something that I disagree with a lot of people uh, about, like it's, it's an excellent way to uh, think about being unified and singing Kubaya, but the, the fact of the matter is that evil exists and we have to account for it. We cannot pretend that we can turn evil into good. So whatever system we put into place, we have to account for evil and how to deal with it. Yeah, right? Interestingly, so that, e evil is also a construct that is somewhat recently been created. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, as absolutely. well, you know. Absolutely. Talk um, a little bit about that. Oh, man, We're, this Philosophical Friday is getting awfully philosophical for me. <laughs> um, so, you know, basically, basically throughout human history, I, I think that like that concept of like good and evil just really hasn't been a thing until recent memory, maybe the rise of Christianity. I'm not exactly sure when or why it came about, but um, yeah, like... Uh, I need to educate myself. Maybe let, let's 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 chunk this for another week on the good, sure. good and evil good philosophical and evil. philosophical debate. Because like for something to be, it's actually like both words need to be talked about because um, they kind of work off of each other. Like whenever something is like inherently good, um, the absence of said good uh, just. Right basically going against that moral code is what we describe as evil. So there needs to be some code um, mm -hmm. that we defy. Uh, so anyway. Absolutely. And, and let me propose this. So we can do an episode, we can call it good and versus evil. And another episode, we can call it beyond good and evil for any gamers out there. Uh, so this is- well, why, uh, why don't we just simplify it? You know, Brad versus Duncan. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> We all know who the evil one is here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I love it. I love all right. It. All right. So Excellent. back to so, the topic at hand. Absolutely. So uh, again, we were talking uh, about whether or not it's uh, inherently bad to, to promote anything. And yeah. I think we both agree it is not. But let's sure. come to the meat and potatoes, right? Sure. I mean, what are the responsibilities of influencers, if any, and how, if at all, uh, should we hold them accountable, if at all? And what does that even mean, accountability and responsibility? Yeah, like I can only speak from my personal perspective, right? Because Please. I think this is this is that's what we're here for. All just like based on our own personal code of morality and integrity and our own personal belief system. So I think that like our values will affect this quite deeply. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, get, get me back on track because I just lost yes. my train of thought completely. What is the responsibility that influencers have? Yeah, so yeah, the responsibility. So in my mind, my goal is to add value to people's lives with things that I promote, right? Um, things like that, that's really what it boils down to for me is like my responsibility is to take care of the people listening to me. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you to have a bad life experience. I don't want to put you in a negative position. I don't want something down the line to, to come back and bite you and your family. Um, so like to me, I, I'm my, my value is um, just protecting the listener from the downside of anything that I recommend, right? Like that, that would be my personal responsibility, but um, there's also responsibility to your business, right? Like let's be real here as it relates to businesses. They need revenue, like to survive, you know? I, I know it's shocking to, to, to the listener right now, but I, I have to eat. <laughs> my family has sure, to eat. Of course, I have of to course. pay my bills. And so like that, that money has to come from somewhere. And so that's where like, typically it's sponsorship mm -hmm. um, from some outside source. And, you know, you can either accept or decline said sponsorship based on whether or not um, it aligns with your personal values and integrity. Like that's, that to me is, is how my brain works on, on this. Absolutely. 
and I and I agree with you. The only thing that I would replace, only because again, I'm afraid I'm going to sound too arrogant. I would replace the word protection because I don't think I sure. can protect anybody. I would replace that word with skin well, in the game. So, I would say it's protecting me, honestly. Okay. Okay. It's protecting that, my emotions and my feelings because that makes sense. I would feel upset. That makes sense. In the instance that somebody gets hurt. So like really it's it's base it's just selfish. <laughs> it's no, it's no, protecting no, no. I, myself, right? Uh, yeah, and and also to, to, to be honest, like again, just to push a little bit further, it's so difficult, you know, to um know what we control about what can hurt people you know like sure. even if you're trying to protect yourself i mean people can misinterpret what you just said or the the things that you discussed in so many different ways and and ultimately what you know you can um you can send air and then they receive fire right i mean you sent air and somehow they received fire so what they receive is like completely out of your control at some point, sure. how they did the, the big alchemy. And because yeah. again, we don't know what goes inside people's brains. And that is- And I don't care about that. That yeah. is beyond my control. Like right. when, when you know, somebody comments on a video or you know, comments on a tweet or sends me a message just with something that's clearly picking a fight and attacking me as a person, like I don't care about that because- that's their interpretation of what I said. And for whatever reason, based on their life experience, it, it triggered them in such a way where they got angry and lashed out to me, right? So like, it, it's not even in me to say you're wrong because that's how you feel. So that's how you feel. But if if it's contrary to the spirit of what I was saying, because I'm aware of the spirit of the words that are coming out of my mouth and I know what I'm getting at, basically, then like that makes me feel just nothing when somebody attacks me in that way. Um, and to be fair though, if, if something's criti criticizing and they're right, then that's going to cause me to reflect and think about it and try to learn from, from that criticism. Um, but personal attacks, personal attacks, they just not really, not really going to affect me these days. There was a time, you know, a few years ago that probably they would, but these days it's like, uh, whatever. Absolutely. And you're in a situation where basically the law of large numbers, they're going to create a lot of a lot of personal attacks, right? Like I often joke with my wife, you know, when somebody cuts us off while we're driving, I say there's nothing you can do about the bottom 5% of the drivers yeah. of the population. There's absolutely nothing you can do. Like, it doesn't matter how you change the rules. There's always going to be the bottom 5% of the drivers. How do they drive that way? Well, how there is a five bottom 5%. I mean, it's not 95% total. It's 100%. There's always going to be a bottom 5% no matter what you do. And sometimes I joke, you know, when Jordan Peterson says, you know, if we could, you know, increase our IQs by 15 points each, how much better things we could do. But then it's like, you still forget that there's gonna be people, unfortunately, at the bottom of that percentile and they're gonna feel as isolated as they are now. It doesn't matter if you increase the average, as long as there's gonna be a bottom of any population on any circumstances, they're gonna feel the pain. Similarly, you're attracting all of these negative comments because there's gonna be a bottom 5% of you know misinterpreters, if you will, that is going to- just people in pain who yeah, are suffering yeah, and, yeah. and want to lash judging. out at somebody, you know? That's the- I'm bottom 5% um, in sports. I'm not judging, <laughs> you know? Like it's, yeah. you, everybody is, you know, bottom 5% somewhere. I'm not judging. That's the reality of it. You know, let's, let's face it. If we want to think all that we're like Pollyannas and we're princesses and we're great, I mean, that's fine. If people can think however much they want. It's just, you know, it's, yeah. we all suck somewhere. It's, 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 it's okay. <laughs> yes. Very, very, very much so. And, and there was one YouTube comment that kind of sprang to my mind just now, and it was on a tactical Tuesday episode and somebody, somebody commented on YouTube um, that the coach, the coach is so patronizing to his student and talks down to him. And, you know, I, I don't know how he takes it to be so calm. And, you know, I read it, I reflected on it and, and I messaged John and I told him that he just really needed to stop being such a fucking idiot so that <laughs> <laughs> I'd be less patronizing to him moving yeah. forward, you know? Um, <laughs> but you can see a lot in that comment where like, it's coming from a place. Um, yeah, it's coming from a place of somebody that has, uh, that they have internal things as it relates to authority. 
and they're projecting that onto the situation. Whereas, you know, me and John, we just laugh at it and we're like, ah, that, that's funny because we know each other quite well. And, you know, I know how much John can take and when the right time to poke is and when the right time isn't. Um, but anyway, it's just, a, I thought that's a good example of somebody just misinterpreting or projecting their, their own views of authority onto something else that like, yeah, wh- why should I take that personally? Because it's most likely not even about me, you know? Right. You're absolutely, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So, so when it comes to accountability, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, I had a question. Uh, you, you said some, some wonderful things and I, I, I had a question. So do you think, um, and this is more like a feel question, so to speak. How do you feel? Like, because obviously I mean, we haven't done any scientific research on the subject. Sure. But, but do you think when people come out um, with and they promote things in a vacuum in general, mm-hmm. do you think more often than not, and you can give us perhaps a percentage, do you think they have good intentions, bad intentions, somewhere between? What do you think they, they, they lie for the most part? Because you said, um, you said earlier that I would want to make sure that you know what I would promote it uh, again. Uh, In general, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, right? good. You don't want to hurt your your audience, of course. Yeah. You're going to yeah. do your own due diligence. Try to give the best quality. Um, That's a great on- question. It's a great question, Duncan. I would say, in general, they have good intentions, and the reason why is that the incentives align in such that they should have good intentions. Um, if somebody has a giant audience, generally, it's because they're caring and they care about their audience and they want to, they respect them and they want to help them, right? Like it's hard to build, build audiences if you don't like the person that's listening to you talk, right? It's, it's inauthentic. People see through it. it it's just, yeah. So to me, I, I would imagine, and again, it's not scientific, but based yeah, on, you're based, feel, yeah. Based on how I feel, I think most people probably have good intentions at influencers as it relates to their audience. Because to do to have bad intentions is just, yeah, there's consequences that destroy your whole audience and then you don't have an audience anymore. So if somebody's able to like make it to build a giant audience, like Oprah, for instance, right. she probably genuinely cares about her audience. I, I, I believe so too. And I would say also, you know, like if, uh, another indicator is that um, there's not many psychopaths in the world. It's about like one to 2% of the population. So the, we don't have like many people who don't feel empathy. So most people do feel empathy. So it's very difficult to do something. And I would actually double down on what you said. I, I've been very critical of people like Howard Lederal and Chris Ferguson because I've been on the other side of things. And I've said, but specifically for Chris Ferguson, I should also say, uh, and for those of you who are younger, these were people heavily involved in the full tilt fiasco and the fact that, you know, we were stiffed for, um, you know, a lot of money uh, back in the day. And we eventually ended up getting it after two and a half years. But that's a different story. Uh, if it wasn't for poker, says we never have the seen fact any that, of that. The man. fact that you have to qualify that, by the way, actually shows that like mechanisms in place have to be working some, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what I wanted to say, though, however, is that I do believe. Uh, honestly, uh, I do believe that Chris Ferguson had good intentions. Like, I, I really do believe. I think so yeah. too. I, and that being said, I still personally, and then it gets personal opinion. I still wanted uh, to see him punished. Uh, like I, personally, like my, my personal opinion would be to completely, yeah, he, be completely bad for any any <laughs> event. And the reason for that, I'm going to be very very clear why I want that is because I and if and if I screwed up royally as he did, I wanted the same to happen to me. And the reason for that is. I want a system that basically discards the failures and encourages those those who succeed. So if somebody screws as monumentally as they did, so be it. There's going to be other people who are going to say, like that. That's how life is, you know. Like life is not about you know necessarily giving us second chances. I'm very pragmatic when it comes to those things. I'm not very Pollyanna like in these kind of things. If you fail that miserably, get out of there. And I would say the same thing about the banks that you mentioned earlier, except that if the banks were not bailed out, the pain would have been transferred in the wrong places. Like people would have suffered instead of the bank- bankers themselves, right? That's, that's, that's the real problem. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. So anyway, just, I just want to admit, I, I agree with you 100%. To be fair, at least to Chris Ferguson, he, I mean, I, and I guess the full tilt people is that like poker stars did pay out 
a lot of the money with full tilt, if not all the money, to my recollection of the situation. So, you know, Poker Stars actually picked up the bill for full tilt. And so, like, um, yeah, in the case, in the difference between like people that lost everything in this situation, at least poker players did get paid some. Yes, but we need to remind ourselves that we were not made whole, even though we got our money. True. There's something to be said about the value of money. And at the same time, some of us irresponsible people at the time, you know, uh, we had a lot of, you know, of our bankroll tied up in, in, in online games, right? So that's, that makes, makes a lot of, a lot of difference. So there is, there is uh, damages there. Yeah, I mean, not as, quite as big as like completely losing the money. Yeah, the, the, there's a saying, right? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Exactly. And that, so there you go. Um, so how do we, how do we like, because this is actually a difficult problem. If we, on the one hand, the reason why I'm asking this question, on the one hand, we believe people have good intentions, but on the other hand, um, the fact of the matter is that reality is not Hollywood. Reality is going to slap us in the face twice as hard as we anticipate and sometimes 20 times as hard. And sometimes there's no limit to how hard it's going to slap us in the face. So how do we hold ourselves first and foremost, accountable and others accountable for uh, inevitable screw-ups like that if they have good intentions? Oh, man. Um, what a loaded question. You know, <laughs> how do we hold them accountable? Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Give me your thoughts because that 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 question to me is, it, it's so complex. I think there's th this natural layer of accountability like I mentioned with Ferguson and Letterer in that they're kind of outcasts from the poker world, from, from a world that was their life, right? Let, let's be real here. Poker was their entire life. And right. to be ostracized from that community, to show up at a table and have people just angry at you everywhere you go and to be recognizable at any poker room in the world. I mean, that's, that that that's a, a large penalty for you know for messing up um but outside of like the natural penalty I, i'm not exactly sure like people lose trust in you people lose faith you you lose your ability to be in the circles that you want to be in you lose your ability to pursue things that you're passionate about all of that is significant downside to that specific human but i don't know how you make the people who they hurt whole i don't know if there is a way right it's just like um, just what, what is the, the saying? Is it, is it like re revenge is, um, yeah. re revenge is like taking poison at night and then wait, hoping the other person dies or um, <laughs> something along those lines. But like, basically there's pain here and it doesn't matter. That pain is never going to be whole no, no matter what. So. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think first things first, uh, the reason why, uh, we're struggling with making a, a valid proposal here is because this is a very complex matter, sure. right? I mean, humans are involved and, and, and uh, you show that, you show you understand the complexity and the difficulty of the issue. Anybody who would say, oh, the solution is very simple, they're lying to themselves because we're talking about moral issues that plague the humanity for a long, long time, right? I and, mean, on the one- Yeah, and as soon as, as soon as, you know, as soon as Ferguson like does an interview and talks about it, he opens himself up for further liability, Absolutely. right? So there's like significant downside to even his contrition, to, to even apologizing to the people that he affected. And that Absolutely. I'm sure he's getting legal advice from, from every which angle. And so I don't like, I, does Ferguson like wanna apologize, but can't? I don't know, Right. but I'm not gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. And, and I think I think that's that's what I, I I wanted to add to the conversation. I mean, we may not know what the answer is, but at the very least, one thing that I I feel it's in the right direction is do not try to protect any person who has screwed up, right? I mean, because sometimes humanity comes in and they say, you know, but they had good intention. It's irrelevant to me. It's completely relevant. Like sometimes these things happen, you know, you screw up and you end up killing yourself by, by the screw up. You cannot, you know, uh, sometimes like that idea of adding, you know, like that helping hand, I think that's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly naive. And it protects people from feeling the full repercussions of their actions. And sometimes I understand that's bad luck, that's variance. And I understand that fully and that's problematic. But I think as a very first step, you know, we should be incredibly understanding but not offering a helping hand 
to uh, to people who who screwed up in in that way. Like let them feel and let us feel when we screw up the full force of our actions. That would be my. But that goes both ways, right? I mean, if you are allowed to say whatever you want at any point, you should be ready to accept all consequences. So I'm going full strength on both directions here. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to be you know consistent, right? I truly believe people can say whatever they want, but they should absolutely have no protection when they screw up. They should not just try to grab onto little, you know, pockets of hope here and there. But guys, I'm sorry, you know, I'm human. I make mistakes. It's irrelevant. I understand, but it's irrelevant, right? If you, if, if, if your actions, you know, cause my, you know, my, my wife, my wife to suffer, you're going to feel, we're going to feel the wrath of me. And I don't care how, you know, regretful you are. And I can understand it. I could have been in your position myself. I could, have, I could have made the same mistake you did. I still don't care. Because in the end of the day, what matters is the actions. All that matters is the actions. And if a certain action could cause other people to hurt, we've got to protect ourselves. And I think that's something that this country does really well, you know, with like letting people, first of all, the freedom of speech, and also the idea that they let people, you know, protect against tyrannical governments. And I know this is like the Second Amendment is a is a political. I'm not talking about the Second Amendment necessarily, but I'm talking about the idea that people can actually protect themselves. That's a beautiful idea that has helped this country for a very long, long, long time. Protect yourself against all means if you are being threatened. Right. Yeah. No, no. You know, that's 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 what I'm saying. It's a very difficult subject. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm, I'm not it's saying like, it's easy. Uh, yeah, it's like. Aunt May and Uncle Ben, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So exactly. you have to be careful about how you wield that power and influence. And anyway, just for for the full tilt thing, you know, there there were thousands of adverts all the time across all media channels promoting full tilt poker. And, and I mean, so yeah, they don't get left off left off the hook let let off the hook because the the reality is what happened happened, and that's, that's exactly it. Right. You know, um, but but in the case of Chris Ferguson, for example, as I've mentioned before, he was in 2017 World Series of Poker, right? I mean, sure. he was, and his picture was there. And I think this is the type of protection that I do not want to see, right? But but to be fair, again, I'm talking about my personal opinion. But to be fair, uh, people are also not allowed to say whatever they want, right? So I think the system is working really well the way it is, right? I mean, again, I, I, so that for my consistency, I, I, I'm saying that people should say whatever they want, but also get no protection. But in actuality, people cannot say whatever they want and they get a little bit of protection. So the system is sort of balanced. I am, okay, so like this is a, so I think that the powers that be don't always care so much about the poker players or care mm -hmm even very little about the players. And this is something that's like, you know, Berkey's been banging the drums at Poker News because of Ollie and, and Jake and Bryn and the WSOP and their coverage, right? Right. Um, and to me, what it boils down to is that like the powers that be, the WSOP um, or Poker News or whoever, I, I think that they don't really care about poker community that the people that are that are there because if they did then they would take it upon themselves to take action as it relates to like ferguson and playing in wsop tournaments right like if they genuinely cared about the market well then ferguson wouldn't play right and in any other sport let's like in any other sport um anybody who's plagued in scandal Anything that they do, the first thing when there's a report on them is, you know, player X, Y, or Z uh, who's mired in personal scandal, and then they go on with the story, right? Because it, it matters. Basically, like ESPN with like Deshaun Watson or whatever. I mean, and then there's this whole other angle of like, yeah, they so they click through that and they get they they get more clicks. They go through the stories or whatever. But anyway, I just. I don't know, man. I'm, you know, Berkey made a tweet about Poker Bunny because mm -hmm. Poker News hadn't reported on Poker Bunny because Poker Bunny uh, apparently got antagonistic towards a reporter. And so they hadn't like approached her, right? Which is, is fair game, right? You, you treat somebody poorly like that um, or you're antagonistic for whatever reason or you rub somebody the wrong, whatever it is, right? Like, okay, so this person's, you know, 
there, there's more downside into reporting than not reporting. So they don't. They're personally incentivized there though, right? And that's the point. They're personally incentivized because they felt the pain, but they didn't feel the pain of what Bryn did. They, they don't feel the pain of what Schindler did. They, they don't feel the pain of what Ollie did or allegedly did, right? Sure. And that's the point is because they don't personally feel it. It, it appears as if it matters less. And that is where I think as an industry, we could do better. Very good that, point. That, that's just my opinion. Um, you know, and Chad Holloway has been on CPG. I, I, and, um, I love Chad. Yeah. yeah and, and Sarah Herring and all yeah. those people who, who I really, really like personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but from, and once again, we need, we need to remember, right? I mean, person and the system, different things. Person yeah. and, and a company, different things, right? I mean, again, you can have, I mean, I... I, I, I love upswing poker. Uh, I, I write articles there uh, all the time. You know, uh, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Brady, uh, Doug Polk. These are these are people I, I, very, I very much respect. Now, I mean, when they come to uh, uh, when they come to the news, we can discuss about uh, about things they've they've done, yeah. and they can discuss about things we've done. I mean, it's we, it's perfectly fine. It doesn't change we, anything. <laughs> we were supposed to talk about Coinflex situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've we did gone, we did a lot. Did, did what we? Else uh, I, don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember at this point. I think like, yeah, to me, as it relates to influencers, right? Like whenever it's all about the outsourcing thing. So right. like the listener of CPG outsources, um, you know, they outsource my knowledge, my testimonial to a specific product, right? Um, they take that, they don't research it, they buy it, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right. In the same way that other influencers, the same thing happens. And when it comes to these companies that that are promoted or the products or whatever it is, um, said influencer really is outsourcing their research to the company right. or right. to the other people that have a personal relationship to these company, right? right? So like both places are are doing the same thing. So when you say like, oh, the person who invent who made a CoinFlex account and put their money in there, like they should have done their due diligence. They should have done their research. Like they should have known that this was a scam and, and or that this was going to fall apart, whatever. Well, I would say, yes, that I would agree with that. But I would also say that Doug did the same thing as it relates to the research and the internal stuff. He outsourced that to other people that he trusted. So like an influencer influenced him in the same way. And so like, it can't be that like the end user is only at fault here. And and, and to to add to that, I I agree with that. And actually I would agree with everything up to the point that should have known that this is a scam. Nobody knows anything about the future. I mean, even though I'm a big advocate against treating cryptocurrency as an investment, I, I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know whether it would crash. I mean, Warren sure. Buffett says said you know said it adamantly. You know, this thing is going to be worthless uh, a few days from now. Uh, Nassim Taleb says it's worth zero today. I would not make those statements like that. First of all, there's utility, and second of all, nobody knows. Nobody can predict the future. Nobody knows. But I agree with you. Like you know, they they have the, the, the responsibility. And the only thing that I would I would add is that there are as much influencers as people are influencees. So it does like in the, the only thing I would remove, I would remove the idea of who's at fault because I just feel that there is not a universal metric by which we can all agree to assign blame. But if somebody wants to be angry, be angry at whoever you want. And I think actually I think it's well, the person healthy- at fault is like the first domino in this whole equation, right? Like the Madoff scam, I would say, well, Bernie Madoff is ultimately at fault. However, That's difficult you, though. You know why it's difficult, right? I, 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 I know. I know. That I want to agree with you, but the problem <laughs> is, how about all the people who promoted him? How about all the people who actually thought that it was possible, you know, for things to go up at one percent a year without any any kings? Allegedly, the whistleblower, uh, a Greek guy, by the way, that's why I know he is, a whistleblower, uh, allegedly, he looked at these charts for 15 minutes and he knew it was a Ponzi scheme in 15 minutes. Now, that doesn't mean that you should actually, you know, do be as good as he is because that was his job. But how about the, the responsibility of all the other people surrounding him? Yeah. How about the neurons that make Bernie made of um, a psychopath? You know, how about his parents? How about like, you know, the like... It's I, I know I know I sound far fetched and I'm telling you that I'm inclined to agree with you that he's at fault because according to the practical, you know, 
uh, intrinsic, if you will, not extrinsic way that I see things, if you were to ask, okay, would you check that he's at fault or he's not at fault? Which one seems more intuitive? I would say, yes, he's at fault. But if we look deeper, our instincts might be wrong on this one. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess we'd have to have like a faultometer and <laughs> dilute it down as it <laughs> uh, like assign percentages of, of fault to, to everybody, like in the, uh, the, the space of, of said situation. Um, I, mean, I had people. I had people who argued to me, "Well, Duncan, you cannot do everything mathematically." So we say, like, you cannot assign a formula to everything. So there's this argument that they're basically telling me, "I can't. We can't even do that, right?" I mean, we cannot even assign. And I know, I know you, you're joking, of course, but I'm saying that there's no, people who think that. No, go ahead. I'm only. I'm joking some, but no. I, but I do think that like it does. Fault does get diluted as it goes down through the different chains uh, of right. people, where like. Some people have so much more knowledge about a situation than people downstream. And so like three levels down, that person um, who has much less information to go on, but trust the people at the other layers, um, their fault gets diluted basically right. fr from an initial source. And, right. and I guess what you're saying is that it's hard to pinpoint the source. Right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's the neurons. Very, it's, it's the neurons. We'll, we'll yeah. blame. We'll blame the neurons. You know. We'll, we'll blame <laughs> their, the parents of Bernie Madoff for um, procreating on a specific day and time. <laughs> right. I mean, there was an entire floor they had. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm actually very interested uh, in 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 that situation. They had an entire floor where basically they were getting the reports um, uh, of the previous day. Uh, they were using them as. <clears throat> Uh, they, they were using them as as forecasts. So they they actually were manipulating the data so that they seemed they could predict the future. And they were actually taking reports from, from previous dates. It was just, and that there were employees who were doing that stuff. There were people who knew about that stuff. So it was anyway, just uh, uh, it, it's a very, very, very complex. A lot of things Yeah, people like to uh, when things go wrong, they like to point the fingers and make it, you know, like super simple. You know, it was that that person. It's never fault. simple. You know, it's never simple. And for the record, I, I think, I, th in my opinion, I think Doug has high integrity based on the things that he has done. But high integrity and fault are not mutually exclusive. Correct. And you that's can screw the pooch. I mean, you can be part of like, you know, you can say, you know what, you may not necessarily be or we can't define who's the major person at fault, but you definitely like have responsibility. And I would agree with that. Like, yeah. like and you have to. Like you just have to accept the responsibility from Absolutely. from the actions that you've taken. There's no Absolutely. like way around it, right? And it, you know, if you don't accept responsibility, there's natural consequences there too. So I agree with you 100%. I mean, the moment we breathe, we should accept responsibility for actually, you know, using the oxygen around us. I do, I do, I do believe that very much. Like the, the one thing that we cannot deny is is responsibility, whatever that means, however that interpret. And if there's people completely mad at uh, you know at influencers. What can you do? Stop like, getting influence, man. Make your own <laughs> channel. You be become the influencer. <laughs> so, so what we what what we influence people on? So let's 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 both influence people on something just for fun. I have no. I'm gonna go see Thor. So I guess <laughs> okay. You know, I, I don't think that anybody needs any influence to go see see the new Thor movie. Um, Seven point two, I believe. Uh, my wife and I checked. Uh, so. That's uh, not as good as uh, I know. As Marvel uh, rating has gone, but uh, I know <laughs> I'm it, watchable. That that's yeah. what I'm going for. We're, we're going for a watchable. Uh, spoiler um, alert! Should I mention a name? I should probably should. I mean, everybody knows. I mean, it's it's part of the right. I know not what happens in the movie. I mean, who is in the movie? I mean, like a, a certain female character. That anyway, anyway, this I'm not going to spoil. What, what what is happening right now? I, don't, I, no, have I was no talking about. Talking should about. I mention the name Natalie Portman? That was the spoiler, basically. Well, why, I guess, why, why would you? And then why wouldn't you? The, the, okay. the <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited about that fact. I mean, she's an excellent actress and uh, I, I never understood why, you know, she was, uh, anyway, it's just um, the cutter of them. So, <laughs> all right. I, I so D Duncan's wife's going to genuinely enjoy this episode. You two have a good date night watching Thor, you, you and your, your Natalie Portman um, to influence people. Greatnessvillage.com. Hop in there, ask questions to Duncan and I. Uh, listen, subscribe to the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. Hope everybody enjoyed 
Philosophical Friday, buy Duncan's book, you know, all the, all the regular things that we, we influence here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you can find us uh, on the, on the Twitters and the YouTubes and uh, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, CPG podcast uh, is Brad's uh, tweet, Twitter account and uh, at uh, Ask the Math DR is mine. Uh, yeah, why Alex beats Bobby at poker? Bobby spelled B O B B I E. And if anybody wants to make a, a Duncan and Natalie Portman meme and post it in Greatness Village, I would like to influence that. Just tag Duncan. <laughs> Let's get them all going. It's it's going to be a fun time for everybody. The, like, I'm using my powers for good here, Duncan. <laughs> absolutely. And the shaved version from V for Vendetta. Like that's, that's going to be cool. <laughs> that, that's going to be a, you know, Duncan has more hair than Natalie Portman. That's going to be the, 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 the meme there. Yeah. Excellent. All right, man. Awesome. Well, it's been good, a pleasure, man. Good time. Pleasure as always. We'll we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.